All right. It is, uh, it is really cool to be back. I had no idea how emotional I was going to get during worship. And, um, you know, I've been speaking everywhere, but there's something about coming into this room. And, uh, hey, how's it going? And just remembering everything that took place in this room and many of your lives where you gave your life to the Lord and, and some of you that I baptized in that, uh, in that, uh, whatever you call it. It's just, it just so much just came flooding back and there's just something about this place. I, 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 um, I, I miss it so much. I miss you so much. I talk to people and I, you know, and, and I, I forget how unique this congregation is as I speak in other places and I, and I deal with issues in other churches and I, I just keep pointing back to Cornerstone. I go, man, no, the elders there, here's what they do. And they're like, what, really? I go, no, really? Isn't everyone like this? And I'm like, no, you know, and, and just to come back in the room and just to, to sense the spirit in the room and to, the worship, it's just, it's just I, I can't even explain what it feels like. I didn't even realize how long I'd been gone um, it, you know, I know I spoke by video and have done little things, but, but I haven't preached in here since last May, and so it's just kind of overwhelming to just come and see everyone's faces, and it's so good to see your faces again, and um, I don't even know where to start. It's like everything I had planned just kind of went out the window, um, as usual. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just kind of give a little bit of an update, starting with just my own walk with the Lord. Um, it's just been amazing. I, I, um, I feel it's so, I'm just so loved by God. It's, uh, it blows my mind sometimes. Uh, these last few months, the, the things I pray for, I, it's, it's always been this thing where I pray and then God answers and you're like, wow, you know, and again and again and again, like I'm just seeing the supernatural all of the time, but it, it's even gotten beyond that lately. It feels like God now answers prayers that I didn't even pray. You, you know, like, well, I, if I thought to pray that, I would have prayed that, but I didn't even pray that, and you still answered it. it it's just, it's almost like, you, you almost feel like a kid who's, who's asking dad for these things, and then dad just spoils you and says, okay, you can have that, you can have that. And by the way, you didn't even ask for this, but I went and bought you this while you were gone. It, 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 I, I feel like this spoiled kid before the Lord, like, God, are you kidding me? You, you know, I just, it just seems like on a daily basis, I'm just in awe of God, and as I'm reading his word, I, I'm, uh, I, I just feel more loved by, by Jesus than, than ever. When I read this book, and I, I, I feel like I understand the gospel in an even greater way, and you know, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, I'm going, God, look at how much you love the world. Look at how much you, you, you know, you just wanted the best for Adam and Eve. You just wanted the best for them, and they, they went their own way, and you, you, you went after them, and you, you know, and then, then what you did with no one, just saying, you know, I'm going to start over, man. I, I'm going to start over, and, and this family, and, and, and just over and over, all through the judges, and over over the kings. It's like everyone wandering away from God and there's just this awesome being up there that just keeps bringing everyone back, bringing everyone back, and then finally culminating in Jesus himself. Say, I'm going to redeem this place. I'm going to redeem this world. And, and just to go, God, why would you do that? And then in everyday life, just even silly things where you go, Lord, why do you even care about that? Why do you care about this? Why are you so good? It, 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 even a, a couple months ago, I'm in, in my bed and I'm praying 
And uh, I got to the point where I, I couldn't even sleep. I was so excited to be in love with God. You know, it's, it's like I remember when I first started dating my wife. You know, how you, you know when you first fall in love. You know, and then it gets old. But, you know, you, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's different. It's just different. It's deeper. It's richer. But, but, it, 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 but you know how you... That, that initial like giddiness, like I can't believe she's going out with me and you just can't even sleep. That's the way I've been feeling with God lately. Like, I can't believe you love me. You know, it's where I'm, I'm waking up in the middle of the night going, the God of the universe? Where, you know, one, one night I couldn't sleep and, and so I just started counting, uh, counting breaths. Like every time I would breathe in, as I would exhale, I go, God, thank you for giving me that breath. Because every, you know, it says, you alone are immortal. You're the only one that gives life. Thank you for that one. I wouldn't have, had, you know, and just to be communicating with the one that gives me every single breath and saying, God, you've got to be kidding me. And then to think that you know me and you love me and the way you're answering my prayers, I'm just, I'm just stunned. I'm just amazed by this God all over again. And, and it's just been great. And I hope the same is true for you because that's what I pray for you. I go, God, I, I go, as I'm apart from these people now that... Um, and, and for those who don't know me, I just realized, wow, oh, you don't even know who I am because you came... Uh, my name's Francis and... Uh, I used to be a pastor here for a little while, um, <laughs> like 16 years. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's, just, it's just been so good. Um, family's doing really well. Uh, I, at last time I was here in May, I announced that Lisa was pregnant. And, uh, you know, sadly, it was like a week or two later that we had a miscarriage. Um, but then it was a week or two later, she got pregnant again. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're due in May um, with our fourth girl. Um, yeah, don't clap for that. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm kidding. No, it's great. It's great. It's great. I like girls. Um, I just feel bad for my son. He just, but uh, but I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I love my girls. Um, what else? Uh, we're, uh, we're in the process. We're trying to figure out this adoption with a kid out in, uh, in China also. Just, uh, there's a, a kid out there. You can praying for that, for our family. He's uh, special needs. He's paralyzed, waist down. And, and it just doesn't seem like the future's looking too bright for him um, out there. And so we're, we're trying to work some things out there. Um, two weeks ago, we moved to San Francisco um, so that's where we've landed uh, at this point. I just really believe the Lord's called me out there. I can't explain everything. Um, uh, as you know, it's not exactly a church area, uh, San Francisco. It's not really known for its Christianity. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to be in a place where I, I just would have to depend on God to, for anything good to happen. And uh, which is true of everywhere, but it seems extreme there. And but also that's where my mom lives, and I, I haven't done a great job with being a son and, and honoring her. And my older brother's been taking care of her and helping her out. And and I talked to some of you. Um, some of you take care of your parents, and you tell me about how your siblings don't help out. And I'm always like, yeah, what a jerk, you know? It's all on you. And I never really thought, wow, that's what I do, huh? And uh, so it's it's kind of good to not be a hypocrite there. Um, uh, 
helping my brother out in San Francisco and working with him. He works with the inner city and, and people in recovery and, and uh, trains them to be pastors and uh, working with some inner city pastors and just discipling some guys now out there and, and really just loving it. Just um, the transition's been amazing for all the kids, all jump back into public schools and you know here they are in a foreign environment, totally different, but everyone just... It's like first day of school, second day of school, and they're in. And um, it's, it's, it's different, completely different neighborhood. Uh, my kids are considered the white kids. Um, seriously, everyone is Asian. They're all Chinese, Filipino. So Lisa stands out like a sore thumb. I'm like, now you know how I felt and see me. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm very confident that it's where the Lord has me right now. Uh, and he shows me signs every day and has things work out in crazy ways. And because there are days, there are days when I just, I, I hurt. I, 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 I miss this so much. This was, uh, this was my life in so many ways. And, um, uh, but now that I'm in San Francisco, you know, my hope is I can come back here pretty regularly and, and just uh, keep sharing what God's doing in my life, keep giving you um, updates on what God's doing in the ministry up there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think about you guys a lot, and, and so I think that's why it's kind of overwhelming to see your faces, because I'll pray for you, and some of you, I don't even know your names, but I, I picture your faces, and I go, oh, that lady, you know, God, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and just, you know, her and, and him, oh, that one that always sat in the back, I couldn't tell if he was for real. You know, whatever, you know, you know who I'm talking about, this and that. And, uh, and, and I, I sometimes wonder, I go, oh, I wonder what's going on in his life or her life, and... Um, and every once in a while I'll get an update from someone and hear good reports or, or sad reports and, because life just changes. And then about a week ago I saw this uh, YouTube video from a guy in our church uh, that moved. I don't know if you guys remember Dennis who used to do the donuts every Sunday morning. And, uh, and he hasn't been here. He moved to Alabama and I just recently saw this YouTube video that he made uh, for his church out there and ended up emailing and reconnecting with him. But I wanted you guys to watch just the first like two and a half minutes of it. So we're going to show that on the screen because it just... My name is Dennis Guglielmetti. I was diagnosed with ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, in January of 2009. ALS is a motor neuron disease, which causes the nerve cells in muscles to die. This leads to total paralysis and eventually death. My form of the disease is called bulbar ALS, affecting speech and swallowing first. Eventually it will affect all muscle groups. Life expectancy is two to five years after diagnosis. I first noticed a mild quivering in my upper lip, in the summer of 2008, and my speech began to slur by October. Now my speech is too difficult to understand, and I use electronic means to communicate. It took a year, 
but the deterioration of my speech eventually caused me to retire from my job in California. I was the Senior Vice President of Learning and Organization Development, for a $53 billion developer, the largest in the world. I had always planned to retire in Alabama, but never anticipated that it would be so soon. Instead of visiting my family for Christmas, I moved here having abruptly given up my career, friends and church. It may sound weird to some, but Jesus has put a peace in my heart, being faced with this fatal diagnosis. As Christians we all face adversity. It would be easy to give up. However, I believe Jesus has given me opportunities to witness to others because of my illness. Don't think I don't have thoughts of, why me? Why now? Let this cup pass, but regardless of these thoughts, I am reminded that things happen in Jesus' perfect timing. We embrace death as Christians, not accept it. Death is a gift, because we get to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. As Paul said, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It brings joy to God, when we remain absolutely confident in Him, no matter what we are facing. Yeah, I remember, you know, because I walked through the lobby, obviously, every Sunday morning, and I remember that first Sunday, he just said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know, you know, my speech is starting to slur, and no one understands it. I've been to doctors, and each week it would get worse and worse, and, and I didn't really know what happened, and, you know, and then I see that video, and I go, wow. You, you know, it just... It's just it was it was just weird to me again and reminded me and I and when I saw that and I was able to email him and see how his faith in Jesus was and to, to see his joy still and his confidence you go okay gosh that's just what I want because everything just changes overnight you, you know what I mean it's like one day everything's fine the next Sunday I go to get my little coffee and donut and suddenly he's talking a little funny and he goes yeah I don't know I don't know if I got the flu or something like that and pretty soon it's just like okay it's it's it's, it's over. Um, it's, it's, uh, we don't know what's left and, and so let's deal with it now let's finish it up now and it's so good to see that video online and go you know what praise God you're using this for his glory and praise God that you're, you're facing death and, 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 and like you said you, you embrace it like for me to live is Christ and to die is gain and you get it and, and uh, I just it, it was awesome um, there's part of me where I thought gosh why didn't I spend more time with that guy? You know, why didn't I? Um, I'd, I'd get a quick update, but I'd always be rushing in here, say hi to everyone else. And then you think, man, why didn't I just spend five minutes uh, each Sunday? That's it, you know, and just really get the down low on what's going on. And, and, and maybe he would, he would explain all that, or maybe he told me, but I was just so rushing through. And I just emailed him and apologized and, and just kept thinking, man, why don't I just, why, why didn't you just spend five minutes? Um, you know, just, just regrets and stuff like that. But then my mind started thinking and I started calculating, what if I gave everyone five minutes a week? And I realized that's not enough time. Like even if I didn't sleep or eat, it would take a week and a half. I just mathematically figured that out the other night, and I thought, okay, so it's just if I if I gave everyone five minutes, it would take it would take ten days. 
without sleeping or eating or talking to anyone else or doing anything else. Just if you were curious. Um, <laughs> but it, it was, you know, I, I, it, it was a sense of sadness. There was a sense of joy. But life just changes. And, and, as, and as I prayed for you guys... Um, It's, it's the same prayer, it seems like, from the start. I, I just pray that your life would make sense in light of eternity. I, I think the first illustration I ever did was that goofy rope with a little red part on it and talking about how your life is a vapor and here's this tiny little part of our time on earth and then these miles of eternity and we're so consumed with this little red part it's like, and so worried about the very edge and what's our retirement going to be like and forgetting about the millions of years afterwards. Um, the, the passage I want us to look at today is Philippians 1, verse uh, 27 and 28. Uh, it says this, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that from God. Will you just pray with me for a moment? Father, may we walk out of this room amazed by you and you alone. Amazed by your gospel and love with Jesus all over again. Even now, God, may it be about you not the novelty of someone coming home or whatever else. Everything's got to be about you. And just knowing you. I pray for those in this room who don't really know you. I pray for those who think they know you but really don't have a clue. Father, may you show them how good you are. May you open their eyes to the beauty of your gospel. And Father, for those who love you and know you, may they just be so encouraged and just even love you more when we're done today. Amaze us with your word, with your power, the power of the word and how it just is going to cut through our souls. Amaze us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So he says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's, that's the main phrase I want to focus on. It's like he wants our lives to be worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is something I'm, I'm constantly evaluating in my life. I'm, I'm looking at the gospel. I'm looking at this book, the good news about God, our creator, the one that, that, that woke you up this morning, the one that got you in this room, the one that's allowing you to take your next breath, that God and his love for you and everything he wants for you. And he just wants to shepherd you. He just wants to be your father and you to be his kid, his child. Just listen to him. It's for your good. And he keeps sacrificing and giving to woo you to him. He warns you of what it would be 
be like apart from him. He does everything to draw you to himself. Here's almighty God. You know, the only creature that really matters. And, and the only being with any true power and life in himself who's in charge of all eternity and, and, and for him to sacrifice for me, for you, to give his son and say, you know what, he's going to die for all of your sin in light of this beautiful picture of him returning any moment now, him coming back to judge the world in light of all that, in light of him bringing you into heaven and showing you riches like you can't even imagine, like, oh, you think you're rich now. You know, look, look at what you have waiting for. In light of all of this, he says, now live your life in a way that makes sense. Like, if you really believe that, what should your life look like? I'm always evaluating my life and going, gosh, my life doesn't really make sense in this area. If I believe this, why am I doing this? That's what this is saying, is live your life. Here's this beautiful story, and and if you believe it, there ought to be changes in your life, right? I mean, don't we all do this where we look at certain things in our lives and we go, that really doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I thought of this uh, this illustration. You guys. You guys remember these? Did you ever use these, Ron? Yeah. In the olden days, they they. Uh, it. Um, you like weigh things. Others of you guys use this for drugs and stuff. But um, you know you have. Uh, I was never in that world. But um, because they still use that for that, right? <laughs> all right um 11 o'clock they'll know uh it, it uh <laughs> but it's the idea this idea of of worthy okay the idea of worthy is you know you would pretend this is you the idea here's you and here's your life you know you put it on one side of the scale and then it says that the idea of worthy is equal weight. Here's the, 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 the truth of what you've learned and the beauty of this gospel. It says if you put the gospel on this one side and then put your life on the other, is your life of equal value, of equal worth? Are you living a life? Look at the way you're living. Is it worthy of this truth you say you believe? Or does it look like this? where it's just out of balance, where you go, man, I say I believe that, man, any moment I'm going to stand with God and, and, and all of this won't even matter except what I did for him. But well, then look at your life. Does, that, does, it, does it really equal to the truth you say you believe? You say you believe that you've got this redemption from God and you've been forgiven and everything's been taken care of. Well, the, do people see that on your face then? Or is this this joy of this equal? I mean, you're, you're, you're telling people you communicate with God Almighty. You're telling people that you've got, you're, you're not like them because God, God's spirit is inside of you. He used to not be, but now God dwells inside of you. The, the, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is inside of your body. Now you believe that truth that you're a completely transformed being. Well, does your life match up to what you say you believe? 
Or, or are the scales just not where he says, whatever, whatever you do, live your life in a way, in a way that's, that's, that's equal to what you say you believe. I mean, another thing that I think of, okay, according to this book, there's this place called hell. There's this, this lake of fire. And, 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 and you just think, okay, does my life look like I really believe that there's a place like that? You know, when, when people look at my life, could they tell that there's an urgency to what I do and how I live? Do they see that there's a joy and a peace? Because I know the God of the universe. Do they look and do they say, wow, he really believes that, that his God could come back any time. I can, I can see it in his life. And that's why Paul says, whatever you do, just make it match up. Because it's not about this form or that form. I don't care where you work. I don't care this, that, where you live. He goes, just have your life make sense, live in a way that's, in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I would see things in my life where I go, man, I, it doesn't seem like it makes sense. It seems like the weight of the gospel is far stronger. And, and, uh, and, and so you look at the things in your life and go, gosh, what doesn't make sense a lot of you guys know that I, I, I took the family and I, I just pulled everyone out of everything and said, you know, let, let's just go to Asia for a while. And if the Lord calls us there, let's just stay there. Let's just sell everything and let's just go to Asia. And, um, and, and if we're supposed to stay in India, let's stay in India. And, and if not, we'll move on to Thailand. If we're supposed to stay in Thailand... Let's just stay there. We got nothing holding us back, you know. And let's and then let's go to China, you know. And if 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 God wants us there, let's just stay there, you know. We'll go to Hong Kong and and uh, and each place, just praying with the families. This is where He wants us. And there were so many times where I was like, well, I don't want to leave. I mean, we were so happy in Thailand. It was just unreal like wow this is crazy you know we were with life impact or the the orphanage that we support and just went to all the places that we support and and you know as a family waking up working with these kids that have been rescued out of slavery and and you know built them a playground and just you know and then worshiping with them each night and 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 uh you know helping them organize like some fish farm teaching them how to farm and stuff not, not really teaching them not like i can farm but but you know like i could buy them a tractor though you know and Okay, you do it. Uh, you, you, you know, it's just, uh, but it's just kind of coming along these people and just so full of life. And when it came time to leave, it's like, ah, I don't want to leave. I think I'm supposed to leave, but I don't want to. This is, this is, this is wonderful. That was like the happiest just to see the whole family, everyone serving together every day, waking up and, you know, just it's just fun. It's just fun. It was just this team. And then, you know, when we were in Hong Kong, it was like, wow, I such a burden for this place. And uh, I mean, I grew up in Hong Kong first first five years of my life and really haven't spent any time there since then. And, and it just felt so right and good. And you know, even started looking at apartments there and, and, and just really thinking through, gosh, this might be it. And I, I think someday it's, it's going to end up. But I just, I just thought, no, God wants us back in the States. There's a couple things I, I believe I'm supposed to do before I go anywhere else. And I got to go do those things and pursue those things. And, and, uh, but while we were there, and, and, and let me just help you understand even part of why I went. Um, part of why I went was because of this. Uh, I'd look at certain things in my own life and go, based upon what I believe, that doesn't make sense. Uh, and I would read about people overseas, like in Asia, the believers over there. 
And I go, gosh, that seems to make sense. You know, and, and I, I just had to go and see it for myself because I'd hear about the sacrifice and, and I go, gosh, that seems like a manner worthy of the gospel. Like they're giving their lives for this thing. They're consumed with him. And I'm just kind of scattered and, and uh, yeah, I'm devoted to the Lord, but I'm also devoted to quite a few other things. And, uh, and, and I think I'm in a fog in some ways. I just, I, I, you know, some people say, wow, that was very courageous of you. You know, you went over to Asia and I'm like, I didn't go because I was this courageous person. I, I went because I was weak. And I, and I went because I wanted to be encouraged by people who actually were very strong and from what I read and what I'd hear about. And, and sure enough, man, I, you know, sometimes how you, 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 know, you build something up like a movie and you get there and like, oh, isn't that good? Um, and sometimes people, they'll be lifted up and you'll hear about this person and you go, oh, I don't know seems fine. And, and, and you get let down, but over there, it really wasn't that way. Um, man, I went with uh, KP. We had KP here speak a, a little while ago. Love that guy. Every time I meet him, you know, or, or get to know him more and more, I just love him more. Like, wow, this humble, godly, just giving his life for the gospel, supernatural things, leading over two million people over there in India. You know, just that they've led to the Lord, just, just, but, but serious, hardcore believers. I went and I got to speak at one of their conferences in Orissa. We've prayed for Orissa. That's where all the persecution was. And I got to go speak, you know, to the persecuted church out there. And, and they did a big conference. Thousands of the people, you know, that showed up. And they, you know, many of them have lost family members because the persecution's so bad um, in that area. And, and then, then I just, just got to talk to some people, you know. Oh, talk to talk to this lady, this lady who, who had this newborn baby with her, and, and, and she was feeding, so it's a little awkward. But um, but but I, I'm just saying, hey, you know, tell tell me, tell me about your life. What was it like, and when you became a believer? And, and she talked about being pregnant and uh, giving her life to the Lord and getting serious about the Lord, and everyone in her village finding out about it. And they come to her house, her whole village, everyone she knows comes to her with this lizard with its head cut off um, and saying, you need to drink its blood and convert back to Hinduism because that's how you convert back to Hinduism. And, uh, and if you don't, you know what happens. And she just grabbed her Bible, she said. She, she looked at them and says, I am not going to deny Jesus Christ and grabbed her Bible and just ran and just left everything. And her husband just ran with her and she just talked about being out in the middle of a jungle all alone with her husband and giving birth out in the jungle. And then, you know, I mean, imagine, man, you're out there. You, you've never, you, you don't know what in the world, how to deliver a baby. And, 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 you know, and you've got this thing, you know, and you're, you're just trying to, you don't even have food for yourself. And just talking about the struggle of that. And, and then, you know, eventually finding their way to this, this, this little uh, um, refugee camp. And, you know, still there was nothing there. And, and then it, and just the dependence on on the believers that she met that, that finally helped her out and it, just telling me the stories another gal exact same story you know came with her little bit feeding also I was like what just wait you know and and uh but uh just tells me the story and I'm just like gosh you know and and then the you know husband comes and shows me you know this big scar on his head and you know new believer you know just just a few months and he goes man and then suddenly he goes I just surrounded by this mob of people with sticks and everything and he goes I just immediately just said to the Lord so this is it 
This is it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I, knew, I knew this was one of the things that could happen to me, and here it is. And I'm just talking to this guy and how he, he somehow he goes, I don't know. You know, they cut my head open. They, you know, showed me his leg, you know, and I got away. But, you know, then I, I saw that my friend, my brother, they were killed. And, and I'm just going, man, this is, this is, this is insane. This is, this is nuts out here. And, uh, and, and as they're sharing these stories, I just kept thinking, see that, but that makes sense. From what I read in this book, that totally makes sense. I mean, if you believe in this book, that's a life that's worthy of this, this gospel. Yeah, you're only a Christian for a few months, but if you believe this, you go for it. Whereas here we go, well, I've only been a Christian six years. You know, I, I don't know that much. There's, man, it's a few months and you're, you're, you're giving it all and you know it. And I'm going, man. See, that's what I came to see. And I even asked the leaders, I go, this is weird. I go, aren't, aren't there like, you know, people that just call themselves Christians that are kind of casual, you know, like what we do in the U.S. You know, we, we just, we pray to prayer and accept Jesus and we call ourselves Christian, but it doesn't really change our life. I go, aren't there people like that here? There's got to be. And he says, well, it doesn't make sense in India. He goes, why would you do that? Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, why would you just call yourself a Christian? Like, you, you lose everything when you get baptized. So either you believe this thing, you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus, or you, it's, 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 it's all or nothing. And I thought, well, that totally makes sense. You know, when I was in Thailand, man, some of the most amazing worship times, because uh, you guys know Lana and everyone, you know, they, they rescue these kids, and I'm, you know, in this little hut type of thing at, at night and with my kids, and I had... I think in this, this one particular thing, there's like 36 kids and some of the leaders and some of us, and we're, we're, we're sitting around just worshiping. And I mean, the guy playing guitar, uh, you know, I mean, I nudge Lisa, I go, I'm better than him. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just voices, everything. It's just, it's, 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 it's sad. And, uh, but, but uh, you know, I, I can't sing either. I was better than this guy. I was very proud of myself. But, uh, you know, nothing, just, it, but, the, but no one cared, you know, it's not about voices, it's not whatever, it's, you see this room of these kids that have been rescued, physically and spiritually, and you see these little kids, just their eyes closed and just screaming, just screaming out to God, I mean, just, and, and you, you can't, I'd be so shocked if you could sit in that room and not cry, like, because you just think, oh, God, this has got to be so beautiful to you. This is in, like, the most beautiful chorus, you know, of these kids that, that have been rescued physically, spiritually. They owe everything to you, and they sing like it. They pray like it. They just, they live like it. And the way they serve each other and get along, and it's, it's just, there's this beautiful picture of redemption. And, and I thought, okay, that's, that makes sense. That's the way, if, if we really believe this, that's the way we should be singing. It doesn't matter who's up there. It doesn't matter what the music is. It doesn't matter what song it is. That's the way we ought to sing, the, the, the look in their eyes. And then when I was in China, when I was in China, I'd always heard about the underground church in China, and I had an opportunity to, uh, to teach at uh, an underground missionary training um, place. And uh, so these are the believers. They were all about 18 to 25. These are the believers that the church looked at and said, man, these are, 
these guys are they're hardcore. We're going to get them to this training area because they want to go into the Middle East. They want to go to places where it's going to be even more dangerous, and they're just ready to give their lives. And, you know, you walk, you know, just my oldest daughter, Rachel, and I walked in, and the way they were praying was just different. I mean, it was so intense, crying out to God, the way they would sing. You just felt that energy in that room. But then they started sharing, and, they, you know, I came there to teach, and I was like, you guys, I feel really dumb up here, you know? Like, I, I want to hear your life. I go, tell me about the persecution. And because uh, I want to hear from you. I came here to learn. I didn't come here to teach. I've made that mistake in the past thinking, I'm going to go there to Africa and I'm going to, you know, teach them. And then you realize, oh my gosh, I need to just sit and listen to your stories, your life, because you have a faith I don't get. And so I, I told them, that's what I want to hear about. And they gave me this weird look, like, what are you talking about? I go, persecution. Don't you guys get persecuted? And they go, well, of course, but everyone does. I go, no, not everyone does. And uh, I, they just, they, they, it was really, it was a strange interaction because they go, well, explain what you mean. And uh, I said, like, when, when people persecute you for, like, sharing your faith, and they just started rattling up scripture. They go, but that's what Jesus said would happen. Why do you even want to hear about that? Like it was so commonplace. And, but, and then I, I said, just, just tell me some stories of what the last time. Tell me the last time, you know. And, uh, you know, so this, you know, girl gets up and she goes, okay. And she explains real broken English. But she talked about uh, just the funnest group of people. You would have loved them. I mean, they're full of joy. They're laughing. You know, and this girl is talking about them having a meeting. And, and then, you know, the government officials, you know, someone warned them, hey, they're coming, they're coming. And she just talked about, she goes, ah, First time in my life, she goes, I thank God I'm so skinny. She goes, and she talked about how <laughs> it was so funny. Everyone's laughing. She talked about how she fit in between these two boards and how she was trying not to breathe and, and praying because her backpack was downstairs. Oh, Lord, please don't let them see my backpack. And, you know, and some of her friends got taken away. And, you know, but meanwhile, they're just laughing and, you know, yeah, yeah, oh, right on, you're skinny. You know, just, just on and on. You know, another guy gets up and he just talks about how, oh, yeah, these three officials came and we thought, okay, there's only three of them. There's 13 of us. Let's just run. Everyone run in a different direction. You know, and everyone in the room's like, yeah, you know, and they're just all start running. He goes, then he started firing. You know, they start firing their guns. And he goes, but we were taught never stop running. So we just kept running, going, oh, I hope they're bluffing, you know, and just shooting in the air. And sure enough, you know, they said, we're shot in the air, but we're going to shoot you next. Stop. He just said, we just ran and ran because that's the way we were trained. And everyone's in there, yeah, you know, just, it's just, this is life to us. And I'm sitting there going, wow, really? Man, that's cool, you know? And they're just like, what's up with you? I go, I go you got to understand. I go, where I come from, it's not like that. And uh, I, I said, where I come from, we have these buildings called churches. And we attend them. And, and, and we have so many that if you find music that you like better at a different one, you just switch. And... Uh, <laughs> And that's exactly what they did. They're laughing hysterically, like, shut up. I go, no. I go, seriously, if there's better childcare there, you know, they have better schools for their kids or the service is short or whatever else. We switch, we jump from place to place. And these guys are just looking at, in, um, I mean, 
that was the weirdest part was how hard they were laughing. <laughs> and because to them, they just go, that doesn't make sense. They said, how did you, how do you, how do you read this book and come up with that? And I go, I know, I know, I know, but, but it's just what we do there. And it was, it was, it was just one of those moments where you walk away going, wow, it really is ridiculous. Some of what we do, like, how did we get that from here? And, and so for me, it was like, I, I needed to see that. I need to see that when you, you just put India and China together, that's 40% of the world's population. Okay, we're not talking about a little weird country here. That's 40%. The U.S. is about 4% of the world's population. So you've got to understand that the majority of the world, the way they view Christianity, the way Christians conduct themselves, is very different, and that we are the weird ones. And in fact, we're the ones that are laughed at by the majority of them out there. <laughs> Look at what they do. And, and, and this, so when I look at this, it's, I went because I needed to see that. I just need to see, is it really true that people live in a manner that's worthy of the gospel? Because I want to be that, and I've and I got to strive after that, and I pray for that. And I go, God, give me a, a burden for this. I mean, if I really believe some of these things, if I really believe 1 Timothy 6, Verse 16, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be the honor and eternal dominion. Amen. If I really believe that there's a being up there who dwells in unapproachable light, who is the only sovereign, who's only one that's in control, like no one has any power in this room. Everything's up to him. And, and he's the only one that's immortal. Like there's just one being that's in charge of life. Satan has no charge over that. Like God determines whether or not Satan breathes. Like there's one being that that's all that matters. And I get to talk to him in light of that truth. Shouldn't I be excited to talk to this being and, and excited to sing to him and, and giddy about knowing him and just blown away that he loves me. And, and, and I think, okay, if, if, if I believe this, if I believe Luke 16, 24, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, and that the rich man at, at one point in verse 24 says, says, you know, as he's in this place of torment, says his father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in anguish in this flame. If I believe that right now there are people going, come on, just, just one, one little drop of water on my tongue. I hate it down here. I can't stand this anguish. If I believe this, if I believe Revelation 20, that anyone whose name isn't written in the book of life, that's the destiny. That's the, 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 this eternal torment. Man, am I living in a life, a, a life that's worthy of that belief? Does it make sense? Because it seems like there are a lot of, of Christians who really do live that way. I want that. If I believe Matthew chapter 25, that, that, that when the Son of God comes, when the Son of Man comes down from heaven in all of his glory, 
Not Jesus coming down veiled as, as an infant like we, we, we worshipped him for in Christmas. But when he returns in all of his glory, in all of his glory, the glory that made John take one glimpse and fall over like a dead man. That glory. And if I really believe any day he's going to come back and not just like that in his glory, but it says with all of his angels with him. Imagine this throne coming down from heaven. Jesus in all of his glory, a hundred million angels all coming down, descending towards the earth. And then it says in Matthew 25 that he's going to gather all of the people on the earth to one spot, everyone. And he's just going to start dividing them one at a time, the sheep from the goats. And he's saying, you know what, you guys, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. You know, I was, I was naked, I was in prison, you clothed me, you visited me. Man, you cared for me, so come on, you know, I'm, I'm going to bless you so much. And they go, oh, but what? We, we never did that for you. He goes, no, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me. But the, these other ones who didn't do that, man, away into this eternal punishment. Man, if I really believe that, And I really believe that God valued us as believers caring for one another and our brothers and sisters that are just, you know, have nothing. That's so important to him that he would say that message in Matthew 25. Wouldn't my life be just about, man, how much can I give? I don't need this. I don't need that. Just joyfully like, man, man, I want to give to you. I mean, you're you're like Jesus to me. So here, take it. I I don't care what I wear. I don't care where I live. I mean, it, it it should look that way. If I believe uh, Romans 8, seriously, that the Holy Spirit's in me. Like right now, I'm not just a human being up here on this platform. This isn't just, I'm not just another guy. It's like God himself lives inside of me. It is so different from the majority of people on the earth. I've got God inside of me, the God who created the world, the spirit of him who raised a dead body to life. He's all inside of me. And if my life does not look radically different from someone who doesn't have God in him, that just doesn't make sense, you know? It doesn't measure up. And so you just pray and go, God, that's what I want. Because if the spirit is in me, that's, that's what changes all of this. It's a desire to be this. It's not like a, a bummer, a downer. Oh, I got to follow this. I got to follow that. It's like, no, God, I, that's, it's a supernatural thing. And this is, what, this is what it comes down to. When I pray for you guys, yeah, I thank God because some of you guys get it like people I don't, I don't, I don't see that very often. But there's, there are so many of you whom I've known over the years where I go, wow, he gets it. Wow, she gets it. I see that in his or her life. And so encouraging. And I thank God for you and I pray for you that, because it may feel weird sometimes when you think, gosh, does anyone get the weight of this? And yet in your heart you keep changing and you go, no, I, I, this is what I want, this is what I want. And people think I'm weird. But I got, I, I, and I thank God for you. But then, I, I, so I've been praying about this last night. I said, God, one of the things that doesn't make sense in my life 
is I believe that there are a lot of you still who you know your life doesn't make sense in light of the gospel. You're still all about you. See, because when the Holy Spirit comes into you, he changes something. Suddenly your life, whereas before everything was about you and what you like and what you wanted, suddenly now you care about the things of God and you're just like, it's not even about me. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about my stuff. I don't care about how I'm going to live in the future. All I care about is this God and his reputation and his glory. Like There's a supernatural regeneration that takes place in your life where, wow, I am not all about me. Like, I, I, I don't even really, I'm not even thinking about me. I'm thinking about God and his reputation. And I want everyone to see how beautiful he is. And then this other change takes place where it's like, wow, I'm not thinking about me. I'm actually thinking about other people. Like, I'm consumed with these people that are having a hard time. Like, how can I help them? How can I serve them? How can I give to them? It's just this change that takes place. It's like, wow, that is a miracle. All my life I've thought about Francis Chan and now suddenly I, I care about the things of God and his reputation. I'm more concerned that people have a low view of him and I'm more concerned about these other people and their futures rather than my own. I'm not just consumed about me and my retirement. What am I going to look at? What's my family? But suddenly I'm thinking about all these people. I love them. And suddenly it's, ah, I, I hope they have a high view of God. I, I, I care much more what you think about God than what you think about me. See, these are the things that take place when the Holy Spirit comes into you. It's, 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 it's unbelievable because your whole life you're consumed with yourself and then you change. But I, I, I just think a lot of you hear that and you still go, wow, that's not me. I'm still thinking about me. In fact, I'm here for me. And maybe God will help me with this or that. And, and I just go, gosh, I don't think it ever happened where the Holy Spirit came into their lives. Not that I'm judging anyway. It's more like a concern and a fear. When I first started in ministry, it was because of Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, which scared the heck out of me reading it as a high schooler, where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And that scared me. Not for myself. It scared me because I'd look around and go, man, that means a lot of people are deceived. They come to the end and they're expecting to go to heaven and they're in for the shock of their lives. When God says, I was never your Lord. You never followed me. It was always still about you. And, and that's never left me. You know, 25 years later, I still get concerned for some of you because I go, man, has the Holy Spirit really come into your life? Because after pastoring here for so many years, I just assumed a lot of things and assumed people were right with God and then things happen in life and then they show their true colors and you go, wow, Really? Maybe I never really, maybe no one really came alongside of you to make sure you really got it. I feel like I've given this type of message over and over, but I just, I can't help but give it because I think, God, if you're not going to be there with me in the end, nothing else matters. And, and I look at some of you kids that are in the room, and I think some of you, I watched you grow up here, and, and so many kids that just 
once they turn 18, once they're out of the house, I just realized, wow, those 16 years you sat in that room with me, it just was never yours, was it? It was always just your parents, and now you're showing that it was never about you and God. And it just breaks my heart. Um, and just want you to know, I pray. I prayed even this morning. I was in tears praying for you. Like, God, for those who don't really know you, who've never really just decided to follow you and made you their king, just joyfully said, man, I want to follow that God. For those who don't understand this amazing love relationship where it's like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I'll sell everything I have and follow you. I just pray that maybe today, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, you would see, wow, if I say I believe that, my life sure doesn't show it. And I need that Holy Spirit to come into me and change me. And that's what the dying to yourself means. It's like, wow, here's a better life. I'm done with the old. I'll turn from that. That's what baptism is. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to follow Jesus now. And so if that's you today and you just go, you know, I I never really followed for myself. And I want that today. Then as the worship team comes up, you know, we... uh, we're just going to have some leaders up here just to pray with you, and you can get baptized right now um, and take that first step. But only do it if you mean it, you know, where you go, no, I, I'm ready to follow, and I want my life to make sense in light of the gospel. I, I want to live in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus. And uh, I, I just, just one last thought, man. I'm so happy right now. I mean, I, I just, there's so much sadness and things I miss, but I knew there were some things I had to change for, this, for my sake and my own walk with the Lord and for my family. And, uh, and God just showing that every day. And yeah, you made some hard changes, and I thank God for that because I'm at peace, so at peace with my life right now. And uh, it just, it's just right. And I just encourage you to do the same thing. That for some of you, it doesn't mean you got to move, it doesn't mean, a, but that you just go, you know, I'll change anything. Nothing is sacred except for my walk with the Lord. Nothing is sacred except that I keep in step with the Spirit. And I hope you do that. I hope you just have your hands wide open and just go, God, I don't care. You wanted me to move, you want me to sell the house, you want me to live in a trailer, you want me to live in a tent. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm the richest man on earth. I know you, Jesus. And, uh, and to really live that way. And for some of us, we need to make changes because it's going to bring us closer to the Lord. It's going to help us. And we had to just shed some of those things. And for me, that, that idea of this home, for me, was just something I needed to, to, to shed, like to just really go, no, my, my home is in heaven. And it was just a step I had to take and something I felt like I needed to teach my kids, that our home is not on this earth. And I didn't know that I was showing them that. And, you know, and, and, and just showing them that, you know, we, we go wherever the Spirit wants us to go. And let me show you, because right now I really think we're supposed to go here. And so let's do it. And never been happier. And it's scary, though. And I don't know what changes you need to take in your life. Um, that's going to look different for all of us. I never go, hey, follow. Just do exactly what I did. Because that's, that's just something God wanted me to do. But I just, I, I do encourage you to let go of everything. And, uh and just experience real life before him. But let's, let's worship.